News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Brought to you by Boulder Dash Boulder Delivery Service. When you absolutely, positively need a 5,000-pound rock delivered to your doorstep in 30 minutes or less, we're the team you can count on. And now, for even faster service, try our new Deluxe Catapult option. Get your boulders faster at Boulder Dash Boulder Delivery Service. Alan, when you get home today, just look up, buddy. It's coming in. And we'll continue. <laughs> I, I got to say, the last time I used that service, man, they landed it right on the X. They got That's all good, I got to say. They got good aim. <laughs> Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. And I'm Alan Gilbert with Geekyside TV and DarkOakMedia.com. Oh, so we got a new uh, new one on there. I guess oh, we'll yeah. find out about that later. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling hotline at 901-683-0989 or go to the tool talk radio facebook page and uh give us a like check things out over there and uh you know join the tool talk family well alan we uh we've got a we've got a lot to get to but you've advised me i over tease things sometimes mm. so i'm not going to tell you about our science story that's coming up today <laughs> i am not going to tell you about our 30 years of stupid that i encountered this week mm. i'm not going to tell you about the lumber situation that's percolating out there we're not even going to discuss the clampdown. That's what is true. That? There About you this uh, clamp, you know, mm -hmm. your clamp story, landscaping. We've got actually, we've got a full show, Alan. We've got more than we're probably going to get to. Which An is, embarrassment of riches this week. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you. As we said at the uh, at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. So it's all coming at you today on Tool Talk Radio. But before we get to any of that, and now Tool Talk Radio's weekly salute. Having a wide variety of choices helps keep life interesting. Go into any grocery store today and you will find a wide variety of food items from around the world. If you ever hope to be a World Series champion, like Chris Bryant was, for example, back before he was unceremoniously traded by the Chicago <sighs> Cubs, much oh. to the anger of fans like me who have supporting, <laughs> been supporting that team since I was three years old, mm. you have to be able to hit a wide variety of pitches. Sorry, I got off on a little tangent there. Did you like a little cheese with that wine? Oh, boy. If you're a Starfleet <laughs> captain trying to decide what region of space to explore next, you have a wide variety of star systems to choose from. And, of course, on one unfortunate occasion, when Alan Gilbreth was attending a symposium hosted by the Society for the Prevention of Reckless Experimental Animal Breeding. Where, <laughs> what's the acronym on that? Where he participated in a debate with the preeminent zoologist, Dr. Mary Ann Doolittle, who stated categorically that crossbreeding between reptiles and mammals was an impossibility. However, her argument was devastated moments later when Alan presented video footage straight from his private herpetarium, which featured a wide variety of just such creatures, most notably his Bitis pretentiaris, a crossover between an alligator and a French poodle, his Pestis strangularis, a cross between a squirrel and a boa constrictor, and his Stinkus disappearicus, a cross between a skunk and a four-horned Cam Cameroonian chameleon. <laughs> 
which ultimately led to Allen being unceremoniously ejected from the conference and later being paid a visit by local fish and wildlife code enforcement agents. You know, some people just don't know, want to know the truth, Allen. Joe, you're running out of music here. Okay. Yes, there is no doubt that we live in interesting times full of variety. And this especially holds true when it comes to unique flooring options for your home. Today, we... <laughs> What a left turn. Wow. Today, we wish to recognize one flooring system in particular that is relatively new to the home improvement world, but of but which features a wide variety of great styles and can now be installed by an average homeowner possessing basic school tools and expertise. My friends, we give you pre-finished hardwood flooring. I don't know how we got there. I'm not sure you were, weren't lost. Joe, that totally was a slog. <laughs> well, Alan, I was really intrigued by your adventure over to the uh, to that seminar. So we'll but we'll we'll, we'll get into that later. We'll, but Alan, we'll, we'll discuss the buffet later. But pre-finished hardwood flooring is mm -hmm. really cool. And I mean, I you know, you go to any of these. Um, big box stores or you go especially to some of these specialty flooring stores mm -hmm. and what's what's great about it and alan i don't even remember this being around back in the 80s when i started in home improvement i mean i know this started in world war ii right i mean this is sort of a it 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 didn't get mainstream though really until about what 20 years ago or so of uh, well i mean all right parquet flooring and all that actually showed up about 1625 I think that's so a different matter. I know what you're talking about. That's the little square, like they're very small. Those are little one right, inch but by they, they four were wood inch type and of finished thing. and yeah. all that. And it became like a giant puzzle to put together a floor. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was in the 60s that they said carpet could be part of your mortgage. Oh, wow. So carpeting <laughs> really became the thing. Everything was until carpeted about the days. 80s. Yeah. Right. Until they realized it's hard to get dog hair out of there. It's. You know, it's, it's it's a lot of maintenance taking care of a carpet. Well, but so. people missed it. I mean, th there were a lot of misty eyes. I mean, even I remember a Barney Miller episode where he was losing his mind that he had an apartment with <gasps> big moan of silence, hardwood flooring in the middle of the great carpet explosion. Yeah, imagine that. Well, let's give credit where credit's due. So this was this is during World War II. Denim Springs, an L.A.-based company called Higgins Lumper. They made, basically, Alan, they were making shoes out of oak. That yes. I, I guess during, or making uh, army boots, I think. Yeah, oak and so, elm, yeah. Oak and elm. So there was a part of the boots that were, I guess that's probably the bottom, obviously. And they had all of these scraps. And um, because of government regulations, I guess they were able to get around a certain um, stipulation that they had to use. They had all these scraps, and they were trying to decide what to do with them. And so they said that if you put a finish on them, you're free from government regulations and you can sell them and do whatever you want. Well, it with them. wasn't an agricultural product at that time. It was now a manufactured product. Right. So they did that. And so they suddenly found that, hey, if you finish the stuff in advance, and especially if you create these interlocking, um, these little interlocking edges like we have today, mm -hmm. the average homeowner, I would say it's nothing you just jump into willy nilly. But no. you could honestly replace the, the hardwood floor at your yes. own home with a little bit of diligence and just, um, you know, get on YouTube probably and check it out. A and a big shout out to the a big shout out. This the uh, Memphis was right in the middle of this, Alan. The E. L. Bruce Company mm -hmm. here in Memphis was a part of this uh, flooring revolution. So check it out. Go 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 look into uh, if you if you want to spend a, an exciting day, go research <laughs> the uh, history of pre-finished hardwood flooring. So, all right, Alan, uh, let's let's get to it. I think um, I'm just looking at our notes here. Why don't we get into our science story first? What the heck?
hydrology, and going off the grid. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here from News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I haven't seen you fellas since you destroyed my home, my land, and my rocket. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Yeah, I've been avoiding that jerk. He's a, he's a problem, Alan. Well, <laughs> it's the new year. You can't avoid him now. Okay. <laughs> and welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor Sammer, Carpentry and Woodturning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV and DarkOakMedia.com. More titles Alan's adding to my list here. Mm -hmm. And our buddy Max behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And, of course, go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and give us a like and check out all the action going on over there. Hey, Alan, speaking of Internet action, mm -hmm. I guess this is a segue. And I know, you know, we can anybody can listen to us uh across spotify which is a worldwide platform right oh, yes just yes. like youtube and apparently alan you were contacted from uh, uh a listener from over well he's not overseas but out of yeah the country. well he's he's across some water he's okay. just not across a lot of it but of yeah actually it was on a, a tech call on an unrelated issue and you know, it was one of those things when you get somebody on the phone and uh was, the young man was very very helpful Okay. solved a huge problem for me and then of course we're just kind of chatting while some computer things were happening in the background and all of a sudden he goes you you uh you know you, you, your voice is really familiar <laughs> and Jesus. i was kind of like well you know i i do these shows and all of a sudden he's like gets all excited and uh so I'm, i i told him i'd give him a shout out so to uh jose hermanez in the dominican republic oh right on dude uh, I was like, all right, we have now made it to the Caribbean. Hey, I, am, I am so excited. Jose, you need to go to Facebook, send us some messages, mm -hmm. or send us a message. We'll we'll put you on, you know. Uh, that's I, awesome, man. So we have now been invited to come down. <laughs> oh, cool. So if we go to the Dominican Republic, we got a place to crash. Now. We got we got we got some crash space now. Awesome. Well, Jose, you're the best, man. Spread the spread the word, and you, it, that's what's interesting about the world today, Alan. You never know well, where they're we, listening. Let's see. So far, we've been contacted by uh, Germany, Canada, okay. India, uh, the Dominican Republic, and there was one more. Oh yeah, England, the UK. England. Okay. Well, Canada doesn't count. No, I'm just kidding. We we love our Canadian yeah, brothers. We, uh, just kidding. We love Take Canadians. We love Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> they have lots of lumber up there, Joe. Oh yeah, no, they're good. We uh, that's kind of the, uh, the the you know you tease people from Canada. That's what you do. They're here very in, polite. Yeah. Hey, Alan. Speaking. Well, I don't know if this is polite, but you you had a story um, that as time goes on, I feel like. Uh, this is going to be relevant in home improvement, and it's about finding water, basically. Yes. You were talking about hydrology, people that are going off the grid, too, things like that, and uh, well, uh, new ways of um, basically becoming more of an independent uh, homeowner, I guess you could say. Well, but Well, you know, people today are now looking for alternatives. Sure. Of We've seen the tiny house m movement, and... It is very surprising how many people will live in a thousand square foot or less dwelling mm -hmm. because they spend most of their life elsewhere. Yeah. Basically, well, they buy they, a house, they own it outright, and they can move it if they need to. So, uh, yeah, it'll I fit mean, on the back of a not truck. Not a bad right. deal. Yeah. Uh, so the tiny house thing's going on. The we want to move off the grid has been kind of a thing. Uh, that's been going on since the 60s, but... Like you and I have talked about many times, a lot of the technologies have now caught up 
to our ambitions. Yeah. Now, Alan, I know this doesn't have to do with water, but there is already a crossover of you. You might live, you know, some people think of living off the grid as these guys that are hunkering in out in the woods and mm. they got their rifles mm. and their their right. concrete bunkers. What we're talking about is well, it's already started with these uh, home batteries and things. It's basically not being 100 percent dependent exactly. on the grid, you could right. say. You know, the and, home, your home is the grid, basically. So. And people are spreading out. And now, especially in the last couple of years, people have really discovered there are a lot of jobs that can be done not in an office. Oh, yeah. That's, so, the, that's the new revolution right well, there. And, and that's what brings us to hydrology on this because of where water is and where water is accessible really changes how and where your lifestyle, and I'm going to lean over and look at Max, not not necessarily you and I at our ages, but yeah. of, you know, Max may live 20, 30 miles, quote unquote, outside the city. Sure. But still have a house battery and solar and Wi-Fi and, you know, his lifestyle, depending upon if there's water available, boom, if he's got water, He's gonna have the ability to live there. Yeah, because you know you can you can generate electricity. You can you can um, generate air condition. I mean, you can have a an air conditioner hooked up to your tiny home. You can have yes. all the amenities, but water they haven't cracked that one yet. They still that's what that's where we're going with this. Well, right? Is, and you know we live in the mid south, and for those of you listening around the country, the mid south has an just um, we're blessed. Sure. That is that is all I can say for Memphis, Tennessee. When it comes to water and water quality, we have amazing water. Um, I have lived in a lot of places around this country that water is an effort. Oh yeah. Of yeah. uh, there's a lot of filtration. There's a lot of cleaning. There's of uh, uh, different sources that people draw their water from. But with hydrology, this kind of opens up interesting avenues because people don't really realize how much water is underground well that's that's what's interesting to me to think about i mean there's underground rivers and canals and things like that and maybe even underground lakes and things yes, like that whole caverns and everything sure. of one of the most fascinating things to do and i say this because we're going to have a freeze of this weekend yeah, it's the weird. I'm in shorts days. and a t-shirt right now, yeah. Alan. They said tomorrow I'll be wearing a, a winter coat. Right? Yes, like, yes, yeah. you will. Of if you ever drive between like Nashville and Chattanooga, you're going to drive through a lot of mountain pass cuts, mm -hmm. aka the road is going to be down here. You're going to have a rock wall going up one side. What is so amazing after a good freeze is the number of giant you know, man-killing icicles hanging off the side of these cuts. And that's where the water is actually seeping through the rock. Okay. Funny you say that, Alan, because I drove to Georgia and I drove, I've drove to Knoxville recently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because the Memphis area is a little bit more flat. We don't yes. have so many of those cutaways. But everybody's seen that. It, it, you're driving down the, the road and you or driving down the freeway generally, and there's like, Basically, they cut into the side of a big hill or a mountain, mm -hmm. and you see all the layers of rock. And when I was driving, I saw it was sunny out, and yet right. I saw water flooding through there, like a little waterfall coming out of those rocks. So yes. those little layers of, uh, like, there, there's little plates, and you're saying there's it's full of water. They separate. Now, when you get further south from us, you get down to Florida, hydrology gets even scarier because 
are you sitting on top of a sinkhole? Oh, right. Oh, you know, we haven't talked about sinkholes in a while. And, That's right. You know, even though we're in the Mid South, we're not actually immune from those. Um, a sinkhole is when you have a water filled void below you mm. and you don't know it, especially yeah. if you have a lot of limestone. And the scary part is, is as water tables raise and lower, it may be weakening the very rock that your house is built above. Sure. And periodically, we get to see the news where some car lot disappears down into a sinkhole or uh, somebody's backyard opens up. The other thing we have to worry about, uh, especially in this part of the country, is with really super heavy rains, the size of the uh, water flow. Yeah. Because that water's got to go somewhere. Got to go somewhere. And we kind of have this giant thing called the Mississippi River. Oh, yeah. We get a lot of rain in Memphis. It doesn't bother the river. Right. If we get a lot of rain up in the Ohio Valley, that's when the Mississippi River starts to rise right. for us. Yeah, I've and we've seen it. Well, Alan, what's this, the latest in hydrology? I feel like we've set the table pretty well. Well, the table so. is set in the fact that now that we have all of these amazing ground-penetrating radars, we have the great geology technology now, and I'm also going to throw in LIDAR scans. Mm. And Tell us what LIDAR is. I think it, I know. but Is it a uh, lie detector? <laughs> nice try, though. Uh, well, No, it, it isn't, Jim Halpert. I think it's something <laughs> else. Okay. Yeah. Well, in a way, it could be. Because what LIDAR does is it uses a grid search pattern with a laser mm -hmm. from, like, an airplane. And what you do is you fly a grid pattern, and it allows you to electronically scrape away all of the vegetation, the trees, all the organics, and lets you see the actual surface of the ground that you're that you're dealing with. Right. Of this exposes old stream beds, river beds, of where possible construction took place in the past. So these give you huge hints as to was there a lake here a hundred years ago? Of is there water? Is there a water problem? Right. That could be coming up. So in the past, we've always had kind of this, eh, bulldoze it, we'll be good. Yeah. Now, yeah. Well, now the survey capabilities are much more advanced. And for future planning, like a neighborhood going into a new area, they will actually have a much better idea of the hydrology and the geology of the area. So... Could your subdivision have its own water supply? Well, it's funny. Yeah, because, um, Alan, this is this is where I think maybe we need to do a special report on this. The detection technology is really, I think that's what's going to come in the back door and blindside mm. us. And all of a sudden we're going to go, wait a minute, that's where the revolution's going to come from. Because if suddenly you have an app on your phone and you can oh, yeah. point it at the ground and go, well, here's, and, and show you basically an x-ray of what's going on in your yard or... What, you know, once it becomes widespread where you can easily detect where things are or detect where, I hate to say it, gold deposits are or detect where resources are, that's going to change everything. Like you said, instead of just digging and hoping for the best, suddenly you can make informed decisions, and well, you know, that's we'll, cool. That's we'll, we'll look forward to talking about eDNA and a few other ways of uh, finding things coming up soon. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds cool, man. That's going to be... Um, 
that's that's an interesting interesting discussion coming at you. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, wrap up our science discussion, and uh, let's change gears and go to our 30 years of stupid. Mm-hmm. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. The likelihood of you dying violently within the next five minutes is 87.61%. You are about to get me killed. We will both die because of your negligence. News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. Looks like the warning system's working, Max. Thank Ooh, you. All right. And welcome back to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and <laughs> I got a little distracted. Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and Wood Turning. Here Why do you buddy. think the emergency thing is in place? Yeah, very sloppy show today. I'm here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV and DarkOakMedia.com and our buddy Max Behind the Glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And, of course, we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and uh, give us a like. The um, must-have item of the week has already been posted, Alan. They, uh, mm-hmm. if they, If they can't, Jose, if you're out there, from the yeah. Dominican Republic, and you can't wait for um, spoilers. Uh, just go check it out. You know, you can you can see what the uh, must-have item of the week is now, and spread the word. You know, it, just ruin it for everybody. So, <laughs> spoiler, um, spoiler alert. And uh, and of course, a big shout out, like we say, because uh, Jose from the Dominican Republic apparently is uh, listening weekly and and is a fan, and mm. we're we're starting to make inroads down down south. You could say yeah, that's that's real down south. Pretty yeah. cool. Hey, Alan, we've been having a really interesting discuss, uh, science discussion about hey, how, science. Hold on, Max. <laughs> we're gonna get to that momentarily, but before we get to that, you know who else loves science, mm-hmm. Alan? You know who loves the latest in technology for for making your making your home a, a comfortable place to oh, be. Oh, I do indeed. Brown Refrigeration. Larry Brown, he runs quite an operation over yes. there. He's they, they have a great culture at Brown Refrigeration. I have to believe it comes from the uh, husband and wife duo of Mr. and Mrs. Brown. You know, they... they they got they, the the technicians are top notch. Yes, a, they are amazing guys. It's a well run operation, and they're always up on the latest technology for uh, heating and air conditioning, and uh, of course the uh, clean air systems with the Remy Halo um, system for uh, adding cleaning particulates to the air. Indeed. And of course, they want your home to stay safe, and they want you know they're they're all about uh, having an app for that. So they have the smart home technology as well. So and um, you know. You know what I like about them, Alan, too? It's like um, uh, when you when you call them, you just feel like you're talking to somebody that is competent and you, and you, just, and you feel like they're listening to you. You know mm. what I mean? Yes. I don't always get that experience when you go to a business. They're no, like, it's very true. They talk at you or they don't, you know, I don't know. They're, they're, they're engaged with you. They're ready to take care of the business. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. ready to do it. And, and I got to shout out again, those Remy Halo systems, uh, especially with, you know, today's news, you know, with all the stuff going on. The thought of having sanitized, clean, safe air right. is just is just such an amazing idea. Yeah, well, one thing we always preach here on Tool Talk Radio, Alan, is okay. We're 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 told, and of, of course, we're we're encouraged from the time we're young. The food you put into your body is important. Mm-hmm. You have to exercise. You have to, you know, everything you put into your body. You got to drink clean water. Well, right. you have to put clean air into your yes, you do into your lungs too. So when you can clean the air in your home, especially, um, you know. 
here in the South with all the pollen and everything, boy, that makes a big difference if you're breathing that in on a daily basis. You're breathing in healthy air. So get in touch with the good people at Brown Refrigeration at 901-362-1881, or you can go to their website, brownref.com. Well, Alan, before the break, this is interesting, and um, I I had a sense where you were going with this story because it sounds like – If you're just tuning in, Alan has been telling us about all the new technology we have and that's being developed to discover where water is basically underground. Yes. Among other things. I mean, we're discovering where all sorts of stuff is underground. You know, we... Uh, You know, it's kind of the... It's the... It's the secret desire of every treasure hunter. Sure. I guess it takes the fun out of it a little bit, but it's Mm, like at some point we're going to have an app on our phone where you can point it at your yard... And it's going to show you like an X-ray of what's underneath there. They already have that with your walls. You can point it at your walls. You we can do. see where the studs and the water lines are. So, But here's what I was uh, off the air, Alan. You and I were discussing a new option with this. Um, okay, Alan, let's suppose I live in a neighborhood and um, it's discovered with this new technology that we have a nice supply. We have an underwater lake or we have an underwater river there running okay. right through our neighborhood that is being untapped. Nobody's using it. Well, right. I'm thinking, you know, here in the Mid-South, we have that wonderful aquifer for our drinking water. Mm-hmm. But that drink, but the aquifer water is also being used for landscaping. It's being used to hose off garbage trucks. It's being used for a yes. lot of stuff you don't necessarily need the pristine water for. Right. What if you, okay, let's suppose my neighborhood has this underground lake or something. What if they developed a way to tap into that and, and that water is used for, like, landscaping and an irrigation system for our yards or something like that and saving the pristine water for for drinking and for other in other words you could prioritize the uh the water and stuff right well i don't think we've i don't think we we've come to that point but in many parts of the world joe you're on the money uh because the really deep well that brings up the good potable water the good drinking water drinking water is precious Absolutely. And, we all need it. Yeah. Uh, you know, being here in the South and just having had an excess amount of rain this week, it sounds funny for me to say water is short in supply, but water is precious. No water, no no lifestyle. Yeah. Really. It, of it being from out West, when you, when you the drier it gets, the more precious water becomes to you. Sure. And you, you're right on the money, Joe. I mean, this might be part of community design going forward. In the fact that you would have a drinking water interior water supply and your exterior water supply. Right. So that of if your community had a lot of parks or something like that, well, you don't want to use drinking chlorinated water to water the plants. They don't want the chlorine. Well, it's funny you said, because Alan, you, you, I think you said this off the air too. Wouldn't they, wouldn't the, like your grass and wouldn't your, your shrubs, wouldn't they prefer that deeper water with like the uh, minerals and all the stuff yeah, in it, right? They'd greatly prefer lake water there to the clean, sanitized, antiseptic water we we want to drink and cook with. Yeah, so it, it's it's cool, but but the but the detecting part also means they are not just digging, hoping for the best. You're you're actually knowing what you're getting into, so well, you know, and what to avoid, like you said, with sinkholes and things like that, or where the prime spot to build a neighborhood would be. It's like, you know. Exactly. When you start looking at the future of communities and in the past, we've had no idea. So yeah. we, we've built stuff and 
the the successes and more to point the failures have become legendary where we didn't know we built the town over an old cavern and it collapsed. Right. Uh, yeah. We didn't know that we built the town over a coal seam <laughs> that later caught on fire. Or a fault line. Or, you know, we've, yeah. we've built stuff over, exactly. We Who knew there was a fault line under here until it rumbled us? Right. Of, the other thing that's throwing in is some of the new detective technologies uh, that get us into... What else could be down there? Well, um, there you go. That's you talk it, about the treasure hunters and stuff. Well, yeah, it, it's not even just well, even for uh, not so much the treasure specifically, but is there other stuff that could be getting into your drinking water? Yeah. Well, but I, the ability to test for metals mm-hmm. or other contaminants. And I know people are going to find it funny when I say gold and silver could be a contaminant. Sure. But if you were to buy a piece of land and found out you were getting a lot of uh, gold residual in your water, mm-hmm. I can see where somebody might get a little excited about that. Yeah. You know what else you're making me think of, Alan? It seems like um, the. It seems like in a situation like this, you could have agencies like NASA or people that study deep the deep oceans. You know, the, mm-hmm. because the, let's face it, the oceans are largely unexplored. That's a massive amount of that's water a whole that we barely scratched yeah. the surface. We don't n- mm-hmm. really know everything that's going on down there. Well, with these new detection systems, I'm thinking that um, NASA would be interested because if we start getting a better idea of what's going on under our own planet, it would give them more information about what to look for in outer space. Exactly. Know? Same with the same with the deep sea explorers well, and everything. We keep so, I mean, talking about all the new discoveries on Mars. And right. how technologies on Earth and technologies being used off of Earth keep combining. And eventually, the grandson or granddaughter of these technologies winds up in our toolbox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The basic thing's going to be, yeah, because it'll wind up at our big box store. Like I said, there'll be an app for it on your phone. Well, it's- think about, you know, anything that tests for an electrical current. Sure. We, you know, we didn't have this technology X number of years ago, but we got it now. So we can walk in and walk up to any socket in the house and have a little wand that'll tell us whether or not that socket's live. Yeah. You know, Alan. That's a huge thing. Star Trek really is on the way because what you're describing also, it, that it, at some point it's going to come down to, I can point a, I can point a, my tricorder at you and and tell you what diseases you you have or yep. what your heart, you know, blood pressure is or things like that. And just, you know, so. The, being able to detect things is going like, to... Somebody was marketing an app for that, as a matter of fact, to test your own uh, heart health. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 yeah. if we do this right, people, we can make it. We're, we're on the threshold of interesting things, Alan. We just got mm-hmm. to quit arguing about stupid things and focus on all the <laughs> Get on with adventures. the cool stuff. Absolutely. Well, we're I want gonna a rocket get, car. Yeah, we're going to get on with the cool stuff. I can't promise you a rocket car, Alan, but what we will. And... Uh, very interesting discussion. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, and then I promise we are going to bring you our 30 years of stupid. Mm. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. This is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them. News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. 
There certainly is, sir. <laughs> and well, there's two of us. All right, actually, I, I'm at, there's three of us now. If you want to get technical. Yeah. And welcome back to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Doris Hammer Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV and DarkOakMedia.com, and our buddy Max behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989 or go to the uh, Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like and, uh, you know, join the uh, join the action over there. And uh, I, if you just woke up because you were up late last night, which mm, uh, probably, mm. you know, sure several <laughs> people were, and you missed any of Tool Talk Radio, boy, do I feel sorry for you. You're, you. You missed out on some great discussion. However... You can still listen to any of our past shows uh, at Spotify, Alan. Spotify rocks. I love oh, Spotify. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you can pop over to tooltalkradio.com. You can uh, click on any of the links right there. We're on YouTube, and we're portable. You can indeed uh, sign up for the Spotify app. It's a free app, and uh, we're a free subscription. Just click on us. Uh, give us a like. Uh, hit us with a few stars. If you're feeling generous. Yeah, actually, that is good. Yeah, give us a good review and five stars. The, the algorithms will, will thank you. Oh, yeah, well, the, we'll the, thank algor you, the algorithms will thank you. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, boy, Alan, I was really enjoying our discussion earlier about uh, hydrology. And mostly, I think, it, I think it was not so much about hydrology as it was about the new detection systems mm -hmm. that, were, that are being developed that are really going to change kind of the way communities are laid out, the way we live, the way... You know, we discover things. It's pretty interesting. Well, you so. know, it's always, it, it's kind of like fighting a river. It's always easier to go with the current than against it. Yeah. So for that alone, that, that, that discussion alone was worth the price of admission. So go, go check it out on Spotify and uh, share it with your sciencey friends. So, oh, yes. Hey, uh, Alan, we're going to get to my 30 years of stupid story, which I encountered actually just yesterday. It's mm. that fresh. Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to, uh, I want to mention something. If you have any roofing issues... Let's face it, man, did we Ooh, have some rain, wow. and I think we've got rain and possibly snow coming now. Yes. We're Playtime mm -hmm. is over, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, nature's getting serious. Nature's getting it, taking its, yeah, it, it, making a stand this week. So, but uh, you don't want to play games with your roof. There is, um, it. what you really need is a roofing system. And it's, you know, roofing technology has advanced so much that it's not just keeping water out of your home. It's keeping... Uh, it's helping regulate the temperature in your home. Full climate control capabilities. And what I relate to, Alan, it helps keep the critters out of your home. <laughs> you, For those of you that have listened to us for any number of years, you know that I uh, a few years ago I, was, I had an ongoing battle with squirrels. You did. Well, these new roofing systems have all sorts of great flashing and things around the borders of your uh, roof edges that the squirrels don't stand a chance it's great so it keeps well, them gonna, out it's gonna take concerted effort yeah so. <laughs> yeah they haven't they haven't breached yet alan so i'm nope. I'm looking good but uh call the good people at big m roofing and remodeling and by the big you know by the good people call jay hill directly yeah he's a, he's a riot he's he's the owner he's the he's the guy you want to talk to he's funny i mean and uh He'll, he'll get you taken care of. The great thing about Jay as well, well, for one thing here, they're, Alan, they're accredited with the Better Business Bureau. They are a GAF master, uh, a GAF installer, master elite. They're they're accredited with good housekeeping. They're, they're very, they, they're very uh, you know, 
the quality and workmanship is top notch, and they stand. They have these lifetime transferable warranties. For that's the, the kicker system. for me. That's the revo yeah. that's a revolution too. I mean, honestly, that I don't remember that growing up. I don't remember these. So you know, you know. you're you're gonna. Well, you know, especially with the real estate market being really hot like it is right now, you know, you might be thinking about selling your home. You might be thinking about going into a home. How would you like to buy a home that comes with a roof warranty? Yeah, I'm thinking it's it's like buying a used car from somebody and they go, oh, by the way, we have a lifetime warranty on your transmission. Yeah. So who does that? Nobody does it. Well, yeah, they sure do it at Big M Roofing and Remodeling. So, uh, and and of course, Jay is also um, a former insurance agent, which which is important because if uh, if you have a roofing issue, it's possible that it may be covered by your homeowner's insurance. So you want an expert in that field. And so Jay is just uniquely qualified. He knows his stuff and he's a lot of fun to talk to. So get in touch with, uh, with Jay Hill. You can call him directly at 901-484-5645 or go to bigmroofingandremodeling.com. Well, Alan, uh, I, let's get to our 30 years of stupid. So um, I, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm just dying to hear yours. The minute I saw this, I'm like, okay, mm. I was horrified. And I hate to say it, Alan. I was horrified, but yet my uh, mercenary side said, ooh, this is going to make some good material for the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is really awful. Get a picture. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sad to say this is not the first time I've seen this. So I hope I can describe this right, Alan. So it was a... Basically, I had a. Uh, it was a friend of mine. I was helping them mm -hmm. with a with a problem with their soffits. So they had one corner of their house where the soffit was continually rotting. Like okay. they they had fixed it several times. And and so basically, people, if you can picture this, you've got the, uh, you got the you got your roof, and then you've got the gutter, mm -hmm. and below that, there's that little overhang right. the soffit. And so on, but behind the behind the um, uh, gutter, that fascia board that it's you know, that it's Correct. mounted to. Okay, picture that. That's what we're talking about, mm -hmm. people. So if you look inside your gutters, you will see the shingle drapes into the gutter. It should. It should, right? And and then, um, you know, the water goes over the shingle and down the gutters, in theory. Well, if those things fill up quickly, like maybe there's just an, like like a rain like we had the other day, and your gutters are overwhelmed, it starts to fill the gutters to the top right. and overflow. Well... If in a normal situation, if it filled the gutter to the top and started to go backwards, it it should hit that fascia board right. and run down the backside. That's not ideal, but at least it's not going into your home. Correct. Well, Alan, it's hard to do that when the fascia board that they put on, such as in this one, <laughs> is an inch and a half short. Oh. So basically what I discovered um, was you lift the shingle up and you pull back the backside of the gutter a little bit, and there was an inch and a half gap oh, of just goodness. dead air. So basically what oh. they should have done is taken like a one-by-eight board or something. I, I hope I'm describing this well. And, sh and put it right up to the uh, mm -hmm. plywood for the roofing and then, you know, put the gutter on top of that. Well, I guess the workmen that day were a little short of lumber. And wow. They, and the thing is, from the ground, you would never notice that. But basically, every time it would rain hard enough, the water is going right into the soffit and just sitting right there. Right into that area, yeah. And rotting it. And, Alan, this was, a, you and I were, t maybe the bigger discussion, and I hate to just throw this under the bus, the, the 70s under the bus, but oh. this home was built in the 70s. And I see more problems with 70s homes than mm -hmm. any other era. What yeah. what was the problem with the 70s? Because that's we, what I'm really blaming here. <laughs> I, I mean, we had uh, press board siding. We had 
you know, just stuff. Just I don't know. It just was not we, well, as well. You know, we, as we stepped out of the '60s yeah. and moved into the '70s, we had our first, I would have to say, uh, materials revolution. Of because a lot of things were going out and a lot of new things were coming in, and we were, I guess, trying a lot of techniques that maybe didn't make it. Uh, aluminum wiring. Mm, showed oh, up, yeah. came and went. Right. Uh, that was a really awful idea. Uh, we did get rid of lead-based paint. A they great did, idea. They did discover that, right. Uh, yeah. We got rid of asbestos. Mm. Again, another, eh, you know, eh idea, but it was better to not use it anymore than to continue using it. Uh, asbestos, once again, I'm going to throw in there, guys, so long as it's stable and it's not being aerosoled or something like that, it's stable. Leave it alone. Right. Don't get, don't go sanding and it. Certainly, <laughs> and certainly don't go play with it yourself. Right. Of lead-based paint. Again, this is why we have respirators and wonderful things to keep your lungs protected because you don't want to be breathing that stuff if you're trying to remove it. Okay, but I'm so trying to... So welcome to the 70s. Yeah. So we had this going on. Now, also in 66, we had the big thing about carpet could become part of your mortgage. What do you mean by that? Like well, the they, carpet is, the, is the carpeting part of could the home. be rolled in. Okay, gotcha. So everybody was putting in carpeting. Yeah. So we were losing the hardwood floors. So they weren't they you know but if you were going to put in a finished nice hardwood floor, hardwood floors take effort and some expertise. Right, right. Yeah. Carpet, anybody can screw down some plywood and slap carpet. Over uh, yeah, it. yeah, carpet. You know, carpet hid a lot of sins. Yeah. So we also had a lot of air tank technologies come along in the 60s going into the 70s. So suddenly we had popcorn ceilings. We had uh, orange peel plastering on the walls. We had all of these new special effects that maybe they were great ideas and maybe they weren't. Didn't you also say, I guess where I was gravitating towards, Alan, is I don't remember the building codes being as strident as they no, are today. We, That's what I think, because this should never have been built. You know, this this one particular board that I'm talking about at my friend's house, it's it's the wrong, they put the wrong board right. on there. But but you won't notice that from the ground. I'm like, no. well, did, why didn't an inspector catch this? And right, maybe well, that's the problem. If maybe. they looked at the front of the house, and the front of the house is probably done properly, and you're looking at this, and they go, okay, we've looked behind the gutter. The soffit's good. Well, they assume the soffit is good all the way around the house, or the fascia board is good. Uh, we tested a small area, but we didn't look at the whole thing. So maybe. a lot of times you find gaps of a lot of things also going on in the 70s. Um, I'm not sure inspections were quite as tight as they began come becoming. That's what I think. Because I've worked on so many yeah. buildings where we were not on 16-inch centers, and you had to go find stuff, and you found some weird electrical things. And Yeah, and, and, and if somebody's out there and going, well, why the heck would they build a house and not put the correct wood on the outside, especially in an area as important as, like, your gutters? Right. I could see the scenario, Alan. I'm picturing it right now. Mm. It's a Friday afternoon back in the 70s. You're at a. You're on the job. You're getting ready to. Uh, you know. You. You. Your boss told you to finish this soffit here, have this and then you can today. go home. Yeah. You go to the pile of lumber, and you don't have a one by eight. But I got this nifty one by six. Yep. It's close enough from the no ground. Nobody will, will notice it. it. Yep. I'll slap this up here 
tuck the shingles over it and uh, nobody will be the wiser. I guarantee that's what happens. So whoever you are, whichever <laughs> one of you workmen are out there that, that did this, you know, it's, it's kind of like a time capsule, right? It's a negative time capsule to, uh, you know, some poor craftsman in the future is going to have to fix your lousy workmanship. But, uh, it boy, happens. I'm sounding pretty angry today. Yeah, I, but, you're starting to sound like me working on some of these buildings. But, I mean, think of it too, Alan. What if the – it's one thing – okay, so this was uh, water going backwards into mm. a soffit, rotting it. Well, it, if it goes another foot, now it's going into their living room. It's going down the wall. Yes. Yeah, so it, it, it could cause some serious problems. So, you know, don't, don't be a – you know, take some pride in your work <laughs> and, and do do a future uh, repairman a favor, basically. So. Well, basically, 30 Years of Stupid is a cautionary tale telling you don't trust anything when you get into there. Ass we know what happens when you assume, mm -hmm. right? Anyway, well, uh, we, we want you to assume that we'll be back. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back. Uh, you're listening to Tool Talk Radio here on News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. When we come back, Alan, we're going to talk with Max. He has another one of his deep cuts. News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. Happy 22, uh, 2022, everyone. We forgot to mm -hmm. wish everybody a happy new year. Well, um, now that we're awake enough. Yeah, we now that we've had some <laughs> caffeine. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and Woodturning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV and DarkOakMedia.com, and our buddy Max Behind the Glass. Uh, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989 or interact with us at the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. You can give us a like. You can see the must-have item of the week. It's mm -hmm. already up there, Alan. Those people, I know who those guys are. They're the ones that the minute um, any information comes out about a movie <laughs> or if they've gone and seen a movie, they get all over the Internet and put the spoilers up. So if you're one of those people that, that are addicted to spoilers, well, hey, we're encouraging go. it here. Go there to Tool go. Talk Radio's Facebook page and uh, check it out, and and you'll get the inside scoop before everybody else does. So, um, hey, Alan, you know, speaking of the inside scoop, that's not mm. a good transition. Sorry, Mike. Uh, once again, I've blown it. <laughs> before we get uh, before we get into Maximilian's deep cut, I wanna I wanna mention something, and and you know this, you're well versed in this. A kitchen and bathroom remodel is nothing oh. to play games with. Oh my god! It is a major decision. It's a major commitment. Let's face it; it's not just they don't just show up and it's done in a day. It's a it is not for the light of heart. It is no. a process, and so and also the the interesting thing about remodeling your kitchen or bathroom is uh, if you get several quotes, you're gonna be you're gonna be staggered at how different mm -hmm. they are. They can differ. They can be different uh, by you know thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars and and you may be asking yourself well why is this company so much more expensive than the other company well part of that might have to do with their overhead yes maybe they have a lot of uh, a lot of expensive overhead and you wind up paying for that so well at tri-state interiors their main focus they're, they're well aware of that scenario mm -hmm. so their focus is on craftsmanship and keeping a low overhead they yes. only stick to the nuts and bolts they want you at the end of the day, you're going to remember the craftsmanship, and that's what you're going to live with for the for the next thirty or forty years. So that's what they focus on. So um, they basically, 
their 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 approach is to um, get the design process nailed down, and they're very high tech about that. Alan, I know you're a big fan of the way they design the kitchen. I am. I love what they do. Of I have already sent them a number of people to go ahead and start the process now, because. You're going to change your mind. This is such an important thing, especially you start talking about that kitchen and that bathroom. Sure. Of you're probably going to change your mind. You're going to look at different materials. You're going to look at different cabinetry. And you can do this easily in 3D renders. There you go. It's on the computer so that if you, uh, I don't know, you're watching one of the TV shows and you go, hey, let's take a look at the white counters. Right. All right. On the computer, it's a few clicks, and there's what your kitchen's going to look like with the white counters. Well, all right, what if they would look different with the marble counters, the quartz counters, the granite counters? This is so much easier to do on a computer these days. Right. And you're not, and I'm, I'm hearkening back, oh, God, too many years ago, Joe, where you used to have the sample boxes. I was thinking of that. Okay, oh, I remember that. You uh, got this little tiny square, and that color green looks so good on that little tiny square, but it's not 24 square feet of it. Well, one thing for, yeah, if you're remodeling your home, one nice thing is um, you can, yeah, because it was basically you had to bring a big box of, uh, okay, here's oh, all the flooring gosh. samples. Here's the tile samples. Mm -hmm. here's the And so you're carting all that around. And a sample does not really give you the full effect of what this thing's actually no. going to look like. And so... These 3D renderings are great. So basically, you, you're taking a 3D visit through your kitchen, mm -hmm. and you're seeing exactly what it's going to look like. And and or if if that wall needs to be removed, here, click click let's the mouse and let's take it out. So it's it's a pretty exciting way to design. It's it's much more um in it's much more interactive these days. I would say because in the old days there was a lot of drawing up of blueprints, and even a blueprint does not give you a no. view, and it's a lot of work. So. They focus on, uh, you know, being high tech, giving you uh, a lot of input for the uh, design process. And then once you've once you're ready to commit and go ahead and do the remodel, they order all of the materials and they mm -hmm. don't start the job until it is all safely in their warehouse. So that's important because when you get started, you're not waiting on you don't have the kitchen halfway taken apart and you're waiting on something to show up. Oh, so, my gosh. And we've seen those jobs. So they, they yeah, the sink gets back ordered for six extra weeks and you don't have a kitchen for six extra weeks. Yeah. yeah. So call the good people at Tri-State Interiors and they have a big footprint, Alan. They serve they have a big service area. So if you're listening in um, Mississippi or Arkansas or, you know, well into Tennessee, they probably serve your area. They do. So, Call Mike Serifolian at 901-409-1333 or go to tristateinteriorsllc.com. All right, Max, I'm looking at you, my friend. So you were, you know, uh, for those who are new to the Tool Talk Radio, Max is a very dynamic and uh, well-versed, um, well, he, he he's well-versed in a lot of things that are, he, he likes obscure things, but also you're very passionate about uh, Japanese culture and you actually speak Japanese, right? Nihongo de Hanaseru. There you that go. That means I could speak Japanese. Okay, awesome. So you you did another one of your deep cuts, right? So it's a new year, Joe, and I'm trigger happy with this. Some um, uh, with the hotkeys. Yeah, he, he's liking the hotkeys. So let's, he's awake this morning. It's kind of scary. So before we go to break, let's set up. What are we talking about, Max? Because this sounded like an interesting subject. Well, we're going to be talking about how. Well, I'm going to be teasing by proposing a question. 
How do you move a 320-year-old house across the ocean? Oh, wow. And spoiler alert, it's going to be talking about Japan stuff. It's like, ooh, 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 ask me, ask me. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and, and I was talking to Max about this and what that, you know, the, the thing is, um, people do move homes. So I feel like yes, this is going to overlap because there's people, you may be living in a home that was moved from one place to or another. Or you're thinking about moving your home. Or you're thinking about moving it. And, and let's or, face it, too, with, with home design it's people may show up in fact in japan there's they're very modular they may show up with a part of your home already built and they arrive mm -hmm. at, the, at the job site so um it's not quite the same as it used to be that moving homes is a thing now and we're going to talk about it's that a big business and max apparently has a very specific story a 300 year old home moving it overseas that sounds like a fun challenge so oh yeah <laughs> and it's a work in progress that's going to be Hopefully, um, uh, come to fruition fall 2022. Oh, really? So that's happening soon. Yeah. So it's been is... delayed because, you know, the Rona and everything. Mm. What are you going to do? <laughs> everything gets delayed. So, okay. Well, that's it. So we've set the table. So we're going to come back with, uh, with this interesting, interesting proposition on Max's deep cut. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. The Baylor can flatten a car engine. It can cut off your arm and crush your entire body without skipping a beat. How many people a year do you think get their arms cut off in a Baylor? Baylor, I hardly know her. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. You know it's a party, Alan, when you're flattening car engines in the Baylor. That is some fun, folks. Yeah. I I plead, I plead the fifth. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking at you. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor Sammer, Carpentry and Woodturning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV and DarkOakMedia.com, and our buddy Max Behind the Glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901 683 0989 and go to the uh, tool talk radio facebook page and give us a like and uh you know interact with us that way you can if you send us questions uh via the the facebook page mm -hmm. we'll answer in real time i got my phone sitting right here alan i'll get the alert you know if you want to make fun of us uh, uh, live on the air oh, go yeah. for it so <laughs> um uh max in a minute we're going to get back to your uh, deep cut but first alan okay so We've got Geeky Side TV. I know I know what that's all about. And I, I know what darkoakmedia.com is, but I feel like our listeners, you know, you're throwing something new at us. So mm -hmm. tell us what what is going on with these uh, platforms. Well, uh, over at darkoakmedia.com, you'll get to see our latest show, It Came from the International Market. Yeah, uh, you're really plugging that one these days. So, well, yep. you know, uh, I, I have a, uh, I'm famous for my somewhat of interest in food. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, the yeah, premise of dude. this is yeah. of, you know, some lucky volunteers, re read into that whatever you want, of get to, uh, well, they get free food and drink. Right. Okay. Except it's whatever the evil producer chooses to purchase for them at the international market. It, it's it's a it's a sense of being a volunteer in the same sense that the mm. monster was a volunteer for Doctor Frankenstein. Exactly. Right? That same concept exactly. of volunteerism. Of yeah. This show is you know, ladies and gentlemen, start your new year off with a giggle. Okay. Go to darkoakmedia.com, Look up. It came from the international market. You will start laughing. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's it. So it's just another extension of your of your uh, bizarre, uh, you know, by, by bizarre material. culinary efforts of uh, the food dude segment on Thursday mornings is growing huge. So you can also go to Dark Oak Media and hook up with the Cooking Today Show. And you can see some of the recipes and things that we have presented uh, here live on the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ditch and uh, Jeff Brightwell are really loving these uh, Thursday, the food dude segments on the Yeah, they uh, get fed every Thursday morning, man. Right. They, get, they get free food. Yeah, not a bad not a bad policy. So, All right, and uh, so how do they find Geeky Side TV? All right, Geeky Side TV, of course, the big thing going on right now is uh, Storytime with Scott J. Carroll and On the Scene with Kate Mobley. Of uh, both of those are exciting. You can go to geekysidetv.com or you can tune any Roku capable television to the stations and you get a free subscription to Geeky Side TV and you can watch all of the programming there for free. Okay, awesome. So, um, all right. Well, we'll be following your career with great interest, sir. So, um, Max, cue the uh, sound effect. There we go. You know what that is. Another one of your Max's deep cuts. So, Max, go ahead. We've already set the table, kind of. You're, you're basically going to tell us about a story of um, a home, a 300-year-old home being moved from Japan to, well, I can say, California, right? Yes, to, more specifically to the Huntington Library in California. So the Huntington is working in conjunction with a, um, with a part of Japan called Marugame, and in Marugame, there's a house that's more than 300 years old. And the proposition, or rather the project this time is, is they're planning on transporting a 320-year-old building um, uh, all the way from Japan to the Huntington Library to add to their gardens. Because I haven't been to the Huntington Library personally, but, you know, they've got a lot of, you know, got a lot of beautiful gardens, a lot of lovely sights to see. I'm going to turn to Alan. I'm, I'm assuming he's most likely been there. Uh, well, no, I have not been to that one. Uh, I I've will, been however, to Huntington, uh, uh, Max. Uh, not the library, but not I've the been library. to Huntington, California. Uh, I will, yeah. however, throw Memphis into this and say we have an amazing Japanese garden here at the Memphis Botanical Gardens. Okay. So it's pretty much if the Memphis Botanic Garden decided to, um, uh, you know, bring a 320-year-old house to their gardens to add a little bit more pizzazz. Exactly. Hey, Max, I got a question for you. So um, I've never been to Japan. I know your ambition is to go to Japan in the near future, right? Yes. I mean, okay. Well, isn't the Japanese, maybe you know this, Alan, the, okay, I know what the climate's like in, in Southern California. It's, mm -hmm. it's a desert climate. It's dry and right. not much rain. Okay. Well, doesn't, isn't the climate in Japan a lot like Hawaii? It's it's warm. Well, parts mm -hmm. of it can be warm and a lot of humidity. Or it depends it upon there? where you. It depends upon where you go no. because if you go to Sapporo or Hokkaido, that's pretty much like a that's um a, that's cold weather place. But one of my senseis I, I kind mean, of in said terms it, of humidity though. I'd say in terms of I'd say one of my senseis said that weather in um, Memphis is actually fairly similar to like Tokyo. In, okay, yes. well we've got that's what I'm saying. It's humidity. I'm saying you're taking a home. That is that has been three hundred. It's three hundred years old. It's been acclimated to a, 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 a basically a high humidity climate, and now you're moving it to a dry climate. That's where I was going with this. Yes. So. 
I think um, that's one of the considerations to think but about. But a I lot is going to depend on the materials that it's made of. And also, I'd assume the deconstruction process, because that's what I was going to get into that you might find very fascinating. So they're not just taking a big crane and slapping no. it on a truck and moving it to a boat and moving it over. So, no, this this the so, structure yeah. Max is talking about is a little more substantial than that. So, oh, yeah. So what's the plan, Max? What are they doing with this thing? So here's the plan. So what they're going to do is first they're going to disassemble the building and then they're going to store the, the store the materials in a particular area and then like catalog it. Like, so like, let's just say like replace the boards that are a little bit meh, or, or I'm going to repair the boards that can be salvaged and everything. So once they do that, they're going to reassemble it in Japan to make sure everything fits together, disassemble it and then ship it to California interesting and so, then reassemble it obviously that's a pretty interesting process and you know i feel like alan they're probably ideally suited for this because one thing that um with, with japanese home construction i know they're really big into they might construct all of the walls at a factory mm -hmm. like they they and then mm -hmm. they you basically assemble it so they probably have the right kind of facilities that i'm sure some building company is is getting yes. behind this right well so. uh, you know i'm gonna throw in since we're talking about moving the entire house you know, how big of a structure can we actually move is what I'm going to throw out there. And I'm going to look at both of you and say, so where exactly is that London Bridge that was falling down? <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's where right. Where is it? Where is it? Yeah, that's a little, that's a little. Uh, it's, it's a little nursery rhyme. London Bridge is falling down, falling down, which also has a lot to do with Lady Godiva, but that's a different story. Well, I already know the Where answer, is that bridge? Because you told me. I'm, so. I'm going to look at Max and go, where is that bridge? You tell me. It's in Lake Havasu, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. <laughs> they took the the historic London Bridge and took it apart brick by brick, identified each brick by a code, and reassembled it at Lake Havasu, Arizona. They did something similar from a, there was a Sunday morning um, a show um, a segment about re, um, a disassembling a Frank Lloyd Wright house and relocating mm -hmm. it from Minnesota to Pennsylvania. So that's kind of what made me think of this. I didn't know about the London Bridge biz, though. Well, it's, it's interesting you're saying this, though, Alan, because one of the things I'm thinking about, because I've, um, I've seen people move homes. I've seen, yes. you know, all of us have seen mm -hmm. that. And and and, uh, and people might go, well, what's the point? It sounds like a lot of work, but it sounds it like is. also if you own, Max, I don't know what the story behind this 300-year-old house is in Japan, but obviously there's some history. Obviously there, it's an important historical artifact, so... They want to maintain that. Well, if you have a Frank Lloyd Wright house, or maybe you have a house that your grandfather built, you don't want to just mm -hmm. bulldoze it. You want to move it with you. So there may be a lot of sentimental reasons or, you know, historic reasons for saving this stuff. So it, it, it is a business. People do this stuff. So. In fact, uh, we could even talk about, like, I even did some interesting research about how house moving works and everything. Minus the disassembling and reassembling method, there's actually a company out there called Wolf. I can't remember the rest of the name, but, like, there, there's that company, but then they were talking about like the steps of actually relocating the building without any disassembly. I figure I'd mm -hmm. offer that little nice little teaser before we go to break. Okay, so, um, but how far into this process are they with this Japanese home? I so. think maybe they've already disassembled it, but again with Arona, the stuff has kind of slowed down. So, I, like I said before, the, the the they are trying to get it done by like fall 2022. So I'd say maybe they're in the phase where they're. It's the disassembling, and they're trying to replace the boards, but I don't have a concrete answer to that. Huh. 
Because I guess what I'm thinking about, Alan, is if if you're going to buy, I, I look at this the same way as if you were buying a, uh, let's suppose you were buying a car that was in an accident mm-hmm. and it's been rebuilt or something. Because right. I'm thinking maybe some home, maybe if, if, if you're moving a home, it's going to cause some stress on it, regardless of how careful yes. you are. So, I mean, I'm thinking of structural stuff. What if you're moving a home? from Montana to like Pennsylvania or so, and you know, and you're going through all of, you're exposing all of these interior things like interior hardwood floors to the elements and stuff like that. I don't know. Well, a, a lot of structures are actually suitable to being moved and uh-huh. a lot of structures are not. I think that's what you have so, to understand first. Of, yeah. I was involved years ago in moving a, basically a three-story house of between two cities in western Tennessee, and the biggest thing was that the foundation of the house was off the ground. Okay. It was not, it was, you know, this was a uh, pre, this is a pre-1900 house. Yeah, okay. And basically what we ended up they, doing. They had a crawl space, you mean? Yes, had a crawl space. Okay. So we were able to get underneath there and actually build a grid that we lifted and we moved and did all of the work on that metal on that metal and wood grid and not the house. I'm just I'm picturing a waiter carrying like a huge order to your table and it's swaying and everything's like, oh boy, I hope they make it okay. You know? Yeah, that was that it, was a lot of yeah, that was a lot of like it. it sounds risky. I don't know. But. It is, but it is amazingly satisfying to get it there. And set that baby down and have it look just right. And your story, uh, your home is going to definitely have a unique story behind it. Oh yeah. It. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, come back and wrap that discussion up. It sounds very interesting. Moving moving homes. What sort of dynamics are at play? You're listening to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Pay the price for your lack of vision. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Yeah, Alan, you always need to keep a uh, keep your vision, you know, and keep your, uh, you know, anyway. You don't want to pay your price for a lack of vision, that's for sure. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV and DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And, of course, we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like. Check out all the action over there. If you've got any uh, home improvement adventures, send us pictures. Send us uh, mm-hmm. If you send us questions there, we'll answer in real time, too. So, you know. And, of course, if you miss any of Tool Talk Radio, go to the Spotify, among other platforms. But mm-hmm. that's a good one. Go to Spotify. You can check out all of our past shows and um, uh, give us a five-star review. And, uh, you know, even if you got to make things up, say nice <laughs> things about the show. Yes, please. Hey, Max, uh, before the break, we've been talking about this um, interesting story you brought to us, one of your deep cuts. <laughs> I told you I was trigger happy today. Oh, yeah. Moving, uh, uh, it, it's a home from, it's a 300-year-old home from Japan to California. Alan, uh, you know, we never mentioned that why this home is being moved, and, and you, what's the story behind this home? It sounds like it's got some, um, an interesting history, obviously. Well, it was, it comes out of a time when samurai were relocating to cities in Edo and Osaka, and they left the responsibilities of governing to a village life over to these people called shoyas, or village headmen, and they would do everything from recording to seasonal yields, some amount of fertilizer, 
or even like the number of pregnancies or whatever. So like they were really important, like with cataloging, like what's going on in the local area, like local history and everything. So it's like the Huntington is interested in this particular building because of the history behind it. And it kind of give people a slice of what life was like back in the day in ancient Japan. That's pretty cool, honestly. I mean, it's 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 reminding me a little bit of uh, the World's Fair of 1890. Uh, was it 1892 or 1893, the one in Chicago, because they recreated all these villages from in, in different um, places from around the world. However, they built them uh, there on the spot. This is an original, you know, mm -hmm. an original dwelling. That's pretty interesting. So, yeah, I guess moving a home, though, uh, man, it's 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 a thing. I never think about it. I, I'd be leery myself of living in a in a home that was moved. I guess mostly I'd want to I'd want to make sure some things were done, Alan. Like, for example, what is the main, the primary mode? Because you've moved homes, right? Well, so. all right, let's just say everything new is old and everything old is new. Okay. Of the ability to move a home is not a new idea, um, especially in Japan. They used a lot of lightweight construction because there were forest fires, there were floods, there were natural catastrophes, and the ability to literally break down the city and just move out of the way uh, yeah. was, you know, was a part of the history and culture there. It's like MASH, like whenever they had to disassemble like the, yeah. with the medical stuff and everything. Oh, there you go. So, and, well, here, so this is not a shockingly new idea of now when we get into our modern era and we get into of uh, poured foundations, yeah. stuff doesn't move anymore. We, we can't just pick up and go. But in many of the places where basically if you have a house with a crawl space, mm -hmm. you have an elevated house. Yeah. Your floor and everything is being supported on a grid. Then you have a subfloor on top of that. And then you have a floor and now you're inside the building. But there is a certain amount of airspace underneath there where your home is supported on cinder blocks, blocks, of I've been under a few that dated back to rocks. Oh, I've seen them. You yeah, know, they literally have a stack of, of stack of rocks, rocks on top of each other, supporting and, your under your bathroom or something. And, yeah, so, yeah, and and you'd be surprised that that one little two inch by two inch rock on the top of that stack is holding up your shower. Um, Alan, I'm assuming, and I'm not a realtor, but I'd have to assume that you, if you have a home that has been moved it has to be disclosed right i would think oh know? yeah you got to tell everybody everything these days you can't you you know uh, i heard okay. you talking earlier about wrecking a car you know yeah. that goes on your car facts oh yeah if you pick up the house and move it uh not only are you going to disclose that you're probably going to have a big sign in there saying hey we moved this right back in you know 1995 because yeah. This was a cool thing. Of uh, uh, reasons to move a house, especially if you've got a good, and especially a historical property, of one of the reasons we were moving things back in the late eighties, early nineties, was they were building lakes. Well, another reason too, Alan. A lot. So of, uh, you're going to lose the house. Might as well move it. A lot of people too. I mean, think of this because we've we've seen this. We've seen um, these neighborhoods where. Maybe it's a really desirable neighborhood, but they have these little two and three bedroom homes on them. All of a sudden, it's the hot neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Well, they somebody will buy the property, tear the house down, and build like suddenly a seven hundred thousand dollar house on it. Well, 
Go ahead, Max. I will now what we're talking about the whys of moving a house, but I wanted to discuss some of the fun modern ways of how. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, what I was saying though is if you would maybe you sell the property and since the 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 new owner doesn't care about your house, maybe you go ahead and move it. Mm, pick it up like, and Okay, go. now I've just sold the property and I've got a house. So, yeah. Of but, I yeah. know of at least one property in within a county over from us then the entire property is built in railway cars. Oh, wow. And they had them brought in and lined up and put in the places where they wanted them, and they built living quarters and workshops and all of these things out of old used railway cars. Imagine that. So, I mean, the construction, I saw a house, I had nothing to do with this, but I saw a house built in an airplane. Yeah. (laughs) So you've seen a lot of things. You know, you can do some crazy stuff of, but... More to Max's point, the actual physics of picking up a house and moving it all has to do with support. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I wanted to talk about, like, some of the fun little ways that, they, that they're doing it nowadays. Okay. So a company will first dig down around the home's foundation, cut through, and they insert steel beams to bear the weight. Yes. And then, this is really cool, if seeing this thing go down the street... They use a unified hydraulic jacking system to lift the house up and then like sliding beams are inserted and then put on the specialized dollies. So you're pretty much like using like a remote control with like mega house and everything, like just tooling down the street a couple miles or whatever. And you even have to get permission from people to raise their power lines or disassemble and reassemble their mailbox. Well, I'm just thinking, what if you're driving down the road with this and there's a tree limb sticking out of the way and off it comes, you got to. You got to get permission. It sounds like a lot of, I mean, I guess you're not moving homes like 2,000 miles. These, I, don't, uh, I don't know, man. That well, sounds, sounds Now, it tricky. depends on how, mo- well, again, here, here we get to everything old and new again. Of There were the ideas a while back of building modular homes. So we built it so that we could actually take this room. Well, they're doing and that add it now. And, yeah. Well, it was it was a little more involved. So I'm going to go to Max's uh, Japanese house here. As they disassemble this house, they're going to reverse the building process. So this house was built without nail guns, without sawzalls, without power Free equipment. Free electricity, um, yeah. You know, the, literally when we say manpower, we literally mean manpower. So... You didn't have a lot of structures above where a human could carry something. No. So we also, uh, this is a pre-elevator house. So it's it's also a little bit more than a house. Since it was owned by a, a quote-unquote city administrator, it was also a bit of a public place of business. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm going to love to see this thing when it gets here. Yeah. Now, for the modern moving a house... The biggest thing is how far do you have to move it? Where is it going to go? And when we look to the future just a little bit, Joe, the thought of a 10 by 10 room being delivered on the back of a truck ready to plug into your house is it's not even a potential. It is a real thing. No, I, I there, there are, like I said, they're already, I'm, I'm seeing, uh, they're already doing some things. And like if that. we have time in the next little thing, I wanted to mention a compromise between relocating a house 
just a, another little teaser today. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll we'll do that. But yeah, we boy, we're we're really diving deep into this. But I'm thinking, you know, another thing I'd like to mention uh, when we come back is just maybe there. I I can picture some things that uh, you'd want to pay attention to um, after a home's been moved because I think there's some telltale clues that you would discover. You know, such as uh, you know, if there's a bunch of cracks over the oh, doorway. Yeah. If suddenly doors are not closing properly. I want to mention if, something if before we get... the molding is popping off. I want to yes. mention yeah. something before we get to break. It's kind of a funny anecdote of people who move their house. They said the moving goes so smoothly that they put a soda can up, doesn't tip, an uh, animal mm-hmm. is sleeping inside, and they don't mo- and they aren't woken up. Uh-oh. Yes. PETA's going to be after us on that one, so yeah. okay. <laughs> well, we didn't wake the cat up. He's fine. He's wow. good. That's a pretty delicate operation. So. It, it, okay. the, short, but, the short but pretentious answer is, Joe, they know what they're doing. It, All right. Yeah, maybe I should When you sweat watch it so much. these hydraulic systems work, it is amazing. Okay. Well, it's amazing here if you're listening to a Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar Memphis. Um, Boy, what show's flying by today, you guys. We'll we'll wrap up our discussion on home moving, and then we must we must get to our must-have item of the week. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Gonna paint your wagon, gonna paint it fine. Gonna use oil-based paint, cause the wood is pine. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. You know, Alan, I'm all for a happy job site, but that guy really gets on my nerves. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anyway, welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from Geeky Side TV and DarkOakMedia.com, and our buddy Max behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989 and go to Tool Talk Radio's uh, Facebook page. Give us a like. Follow our adventures over there. There's links. Really, that's the one-stop shop. You can go there. All the links for the show are up. And uh, if you miss any of our past shows, don't worry. They're all posted there. And definitely go to Spotify and check us out and uh, listen there and, uh, you know, give us a five-star review and all that good stuff. So also, Alan, before we uh, dive back into our conversation, I I need to remind uh, some people. I have some self-serving information. If you need a deck or a pergola or a patio cover or a fence or really anything made out of wood for the outside of your home, that's where I like to work. Especially this time of year. People may find that strange, but I like the cooler weather. Although it isn't too, I'm in shorts right now. And you don't have bugs. But yeah, no bugs. Easier, the lumber's easier to get. Um, It's easy to keep warm here in Memphis. You know, Mm -hmm. I just put on a coat and I'm happy to work through the winter. The good news with that is if you want to build a patio cover or a deck or something, you do it now and by spring you're ready to roll. Time to entertain. So get in touch with me if you you, uh, have any of those projects in mind at 901-921-7105. Or go to my website, ThorsHomes.com. And also, Alan, um, it looks like we've landed a new sponsor. We'll probably, I hope we can announce it next week. If not, we're going to be announcing it very soon. If you're awesome. in the trades, if you're somebody that's got a, a contracting business, if you're somebody that has any kind of business related to home improvement or even a restaurant, Alan, because mm, we, oh, we, yeah. we all eat. Uh, get in touch with me at uh, 901-921-7105 and... Uh, you may want to join the Tool Talk Radio family. We would love to have experts in, you know, mm-hmm. plumbing or electricity or or lighting, especially. We'd love to get some some more of those experts as team members for Tool Talk Radio, and it's a great way to get exposure for your business. Our our 
Our sponsors are busy, Alan. So yeah, we keep we keep folks hopping. Anyway, um, Alan, real quick, I want to get to our must-have item of the week before mm-hmm, we wrap okay. up our discussion about home and uh, home moving homes. So tell people what I'm holding up right now. He is holding up a bottle of extreme glue, better known as uh, your super glues. This is the liquid form of super glue. They have liquid and gel forms. Yes, I don't know why, but uh, I guess most of the applications, I kind of prefer the liquid form. Well, partly, they, they have different applications, yeah. Partly because this time of year, you get those little cuts on your hands because your hands mm-hmm. get dried out. You get those little, and those hurt. Yeah, well, do. super glue, I don't know. Maybe I should be giving out medical advice, but <laughs> I just, I would tell you, I use these for my, right. for my fingers. That is where super glue was actually invented, right, was gluing for, flesh together. Right, so I use it for that, but it's sometimes, you know, what I, what, another thing I do with these, Alan, is sometimes you need something I don't necessarily use super glue to glue two boards together. However, I may need to just keep a board in position long enough to get mm-hmm. some other things going on. So I may I may put to, put a, some super glue in a strategic area just to keep it in place. Mm-hmm. It dries instantly, and then you can you know do the other work you need work, to do. Get the other things done you need to get done. But it's really handy. I wouldn't try that test they did in the seventies where the guy glues his helmet <laughs> to a I beam and they move him up over a skyscraper or whatever they were doing. I think that was trick photography. Honestly, I don't think uh, he was. I don't think he was that high in the air. But. However, real quick, Alan, um, I there's there's something I do want to mention. I've used super glue in the past, and I've. Um, Maybe you get a little bit of extra. So you wipe the super, you wipe the tip off with like right. a paper towel. Well, if you set that paper towel aside, mm-hmm. I've seen it where it starts smoking and it gets really hot. And I'm like, is this thing going to spontaneously combust? And so, uh, what's what's happening there? Uh, is it going to start on fire? It, it it shouldn't. I'll put it that way. It should not. But what you are seeing is the rather extreme chemical reaction yeah. it is having with being exposed to oxygen. And okay, it produces it some very powerful vapors. Yeah, don't be breathing this stuff. This is sure. very, very strong. And for those of you that are a fan of cop movies, yeah. of those vapors are an interesting way of bringing up oil-based residues. Okay. Translation, if you've got a fingerprint on like a matchbook or something that's going to be difficult to find. Hey, they did that in Ant-Man. That's how he broke into uh, Hank Pym's safe. Exactly. Okay, Uh, cool. You are looking at the power of those vapors, and I will say from personal experience, I have tried the experiment, and it worked. Yeah, so if you use super glue (laughs) and you get it on paper towels, I suggest let it dry out and then throw it in and and, uh, rinse it with water and then throw it out. Yeah, don't don't pull that thing up immediately. Let it finish the process. Okay, uh, Gosh, you know, gosh, Alan, today's one of those days we almost needed three hours for yep. Tool Talk Radio. Before the, uh, earlier in the show, Max, you brought us one of your deep cuts and it turned into a, a bigger discussion about moving homes. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the last few minutes we've got here, we should talk about the ramifications of moving a home. You uh, know, things to consider. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, I'll throw out, as Joe said, uh, humidity changes for the materials themselves. Right. Uh, so if you are bringing over a castle, uh, <laughs> which has been done. Yeah. Of uh, which has been done, y- you got to remember the materials where they were, where they were sitting, and where you're bringing them. Yeah. Because if you are moving from one extreme to another, 
you will have to address that. And, and another thing to yeah. consider too is like, you know, the cost. So like maybe you don't really need to move your home because it could be 12 to $16 per square foot. So this is where I tease the alternative, which is elevating your home and putting a new foundation in. Well, Max and I are thinking exactly because you know what I was thinking of, Alan, is this is this is going to lead to a bigger discussion. Maybe maybe next week about foundations, because mm -hmm. the whole, you know, my my mind went to, OK, if you move a home and you and you get the, the you get it moved right. to the new place and you look up and suddenly the doors don't close and you've got cracks right. over the doorway or the crown molding is popped off or something. Well, that's an indication that it shifted. Something didn't go well. Well, right. you may have a foundation that is faulty or damaged and or sinking, like you said, and that's going to cause those same issues. So it, it really does. It comes down to a, a, a keeping a solid foundation, which mm -hmm. is, you know, if, uh, the root of all these problems. If you're the person who wants to move their house, but you're a jerk and you don't want to, and you and have the people inheriting the land inherit a terrible foundation, consider um, a Consider repairing your foundation first. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's going to all go, I would assume, Max. I don't think they're keeping the foundation. I think uh, A fair point. Yeah. yeah. But but this is pretty interesting. Hey, Max, when they well, get this house moved, will you follow up with us and let us know sure. how it went? So. Well, the other thing I'm going to throw in, before you, you pack and move anything, make sure that you have removed all living biologicals. Okay, yeah, don't try the experiment of sticking. Oh, you're not talking about your pets. I, I'm about talking about this wonderful birdhouse we unpacked that got moved from South Texas with the big South Texas bald-faced hornet to a nice location up in the woods of Kentucky. And when we opened that thing up, let's just say they were less than amused. Interesting. Yeah, they so, don't travel well. <laughs> no, they were cranky. Let's leave that as they were cranky. Okay, wow. So, I don't know what to make of all this. At what a show. This I guess one, we're trying to pack up this show today. We better get out of here. So uh, thanks for listening. And once again, Happy New Year. We're looking forward to 2022 on Tool Talk Radio. But it's time to get out of here. So on behalf of my friends, Alan Gilberth and Max Behind the Glass, I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.